Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz on, on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And happy Monday as you listen to this. Happy Friday as we record this. And today we're going to try something we've never done before. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how it, how the results affect us uh, come Monday morning. It's going to be interesting to see what you guys think of what's about to happen. But we are going to have ourselves a fantasy draft. Yay. You was, you couldn't be a little more excited. It was your idea. I know, but I'm nervous. Oh, like again, I think one of the nice kind of um, enticements of of this setup, uh-huh. since we're doing it, we're going to do a fantasy draft on the Golden Globes. Yes, that is an important detail. A TV Golden Globes themed fantasy draft. Yes, um, we're doing this on Friday before the Globes air. Right. This will be released Monday, so you guys will be able to listen to all of our reasoning, all of our rationales, and immediately judge us on our, you know, our failures or our successes. And I mean, technically, you can do that. We've talked about it before. You can do that with predictions. Like you can judge me on my predictions as much as you want. But usually, how it works out is those are so far out of the news cycle by by Monday that you don't talk about it. That mm-hmm. much, like they're they're. I don't get called out a lot for for failing. Like if I do well, people are like, "Hey, great job." If I yeah. don't do well, it's like nobody really says anything. This is putting it front and center. Where Monday, the first thing you're going to be able to think of is, "Did we succeed or fail?" Yeah, that's a fair point. But at the same time, I feel like I'm used to the constant judgment of the internet. So that's true. You know, we should just... have a, a thick skin by 2019. Yeah, for 2024, I'm, uh, is my official goal, but yes. So uh, the way this works is both Ben and I have a printed out ballot in front of us for all the TV categories uh, for the Golden Globes. Uh, we are going to each pick six, six, uh, six players, if you will, um, both, uh, you know, within, within the individual, individual categories. So in theory, I could pick Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for, to win Best Comedy Series, but Ben could sna- it could still also pick uh, Rachel Brosnahan for Best Actress. Um, just as one example. Not that any of us plan to do this. Well, I mean, maybe. But, yes, the nominees are our players in this yes. scenario. Um, so uh, there's how many nominees? There's five in each category. There's 11, so 55 nominees. 55 nominees. Um, they're all fair game. Um Correct answers arbitrarily get, we didn't discuss this, 10 points. Sure. Um, and then as a twist, Ooh. we're doing our bonus picks at oh, the yes. very end, one each in the film category. So right. we can choose anybody, anybody nominated in any category for the film nominees. Uh, and I think that should only be worth five. Yeah, but it's still a good tiebreaker. Right, right. And, I, and it'll, you know, you can... See it easily. If there's a five in your thing, you know you got the film category right, even if you didn't win. But yeah, whatever. absolutely. We're um, gonna have to, you know what we're going to have to do to calculate all this, Ben? We're going to have to make a spreadsheet. I don't think that's true at all. But, oh, I mean, I know you like them. so oh, I love making the spreadsheet. Uh, but yeah, I right. hope we explained that thoroughly enough. Yeah. Basically, we're about to do our live draft in front of you, so we're going to yeah. pick our favorites. We'll give a little kind of summation to for the argument, uh, which will either work as evidence for why we are foolish people uh, or why there was an upset, perhaps, uh, versus, you know, why we are brilliant scholars of Golden Globes. If you aren't already very aware of this, the Golden Globes are kind of a crapshoot. Um, like, it's because it's such a small voting body um, and it's such a 
unique group of voters, uh, it's really possible for things to go completely insane, which makes it fun and also makes it makes what we're about to do even more ex- exciting. Yeah, we're picking sort of since we're picking six each, and right. there's eleven TV categories. Um, technically, we could pick the favorite in every single category, and then the second favorite in one category. Yeah, and I'd say it would still be pretty good. <laughs> If we got half of those right, yep. like if we do above fifty percent together, that's a pretty good track record. So uh, any score that's like in the thirties and up is probably solid. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, do we need more? No, I think we're good. I'm gonna. I've got a coin. I'm gonna flip it. Ben, call it in the air. Are you gonna wait? Are you gonna let it hit the ground? Or are you gonna catch it and flip it? I'm How gonna are catch we and flip it. Catch it and flip it on the back of yeah. the palm. Okay. Yeah. Tails. It's heads. Liz has won. The first round draft pick. All right. Oh, well, we are playing snake draft. Yes. Which is with wait, two wait, people. I, kind of I funny. pick and then you pick and then you pick again. <laughs> and then you pick and then you pick again. Yeah. Is basically how this turned out. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? It, it, I think people will figure it out. I mean, it'll, yeah, sure. We're definitely catering to our core audience of people who obsessively watch TV and also play a lot of fantasy football. I mean, basically, this is a podcast for Je- uh, for uh, Jeff Schaefer, creator of the league. Yay. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, to Jeff Schaefer and his wife, Jackie Schaefer, for being the reason I know anything about fantasy football. Uh, okay, so my first round draft pick, I am going, I mean, I already said I would do it. I am going to go with Rachel Brosnahan for The Mar- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Bold pick, Liz. I mean, I don't think it's that bold. The, I think the only really bold thing about it, frankly, is the fact that she, I believe she won last year. And thus... Um, she did. And so they don't often do repeats. No, they do not. So I feel like this might be a very foolish choice on my part. But that is my number one. Well, what's interesting about it is the category just doesn't have a big favorite outside of Brosnahan. As the repeating champion, you kind of think she'd be the favorite except for the Globe's preference for newbies. Uh, but also, like the rest of the nominees, Kristen Bell with The Good Place. Technically, this is her first nomination, but The Good Place is in season three. So it's kind of like, where did this come from? Was nomination just kind of her gift? Um, you know, Alison Brie has been up before for Glow. There's no, there hasn't been like a big groundswell or change. So like, why would she suddenly win, you know, this year as opposed to last year? Uh, Deborah Messing, Will and Grace, longtime favorite, didn't win last year. Like a lot of the, the competition is similar. So it's kind of just like, well, maybe the same thing will happen. Yeah. All right. So it's off to you, Ben. All right. My, my first pick uh, is going to be. I'm going to go with uh, actress in a limited series, Amy Adams. Ooh, good one. Because that that definitely feels like a lock for a lot of people. And actually, like, if she wins for Vice as well, is that, a, is that, is that history making? Has anyone won twice in one year? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'd have to look it up, but I, I know it's happened before. Okay. Um, I'm sure, like, somebody like Glenn Close or... I should check that out. How many dual Golden Globes? Well, I'll look it up later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the dual nominations are certainly something that help people. Um, the other aspect of this is just, you know, I, I don't feel confident about Connie Britton in Dirty John. I just don't think she's got kind of the oomph, even though that's done well ratings-wise. Laura Dern in The Tale is something I'd love to see happen, but it doesn't really feel like her year. Uh, Tale's been kind of overlooked criminally. Uh, Regina King, Seven Seconds, Emmy winner. Emmy winner. They don't like following the Emmys, and she is a dual nominee as well for Beale Street, but... I think she's a, probably a better lock for Beale Street. Seems like they would give it to her for Beale Street instead, to me. So that leaves Patricia Arquette and Amy Adams. I think 
it's the Globes, so they're going to go with the dual threat of Amy Adams over uh, Arquette's great turn, Dana Mora. But, you know, they're sometimes weird with those Showtime things, so we'll see. Anyway, yes, that's my number one. All right. What's your, no- what's your number two? My number two is going to be, um, I don't feel great about this, but it's going to be Sandra Oh as oh. best actress for Killing Eve. Nice. Um, I I just find it. I know she's up against Julia Roberts for Homecoming, which is another very prominent uh, Amazon contender overall. But you can't you can't ask her to host and then not give her the award. <laughs> I just don't like at another another kind of ceremony, something with less than ninety people voting on it, or with more than ninety people voting on it. Sure, maybe this way I don't buy it. I. I would agree with you, except there are two women who I feel like would have a different opinion from you, Benjamin, and their names are Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. What were they nominated for? Uh, I believe during, at least once when they were hosting, they were both nominated for their work in 30 Rock and Parks and Recreation. Mm. And uh, very, or maybe I'm wrong about that. Here's what I'd counter with. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are trained comedians. Right. They are kind of expected to host like they're they're the perfect candidates to do well so what you're saying is it would be rude it's weird to go for kind of a reach like sandra oh who i think will be a tremendous host i think that's a brilliant pick so excited but it would be weird to reach for that and then also not let her win the award so i'm gonna go with sandra oh okay um liz your next your number two pick you know what oh gosh okay because I'm trying to think. This is really interesting because I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to think about this strategically. Like I want to make sure, like, I get the one that clearly is going to win over before you get it. Um, we just pick, don't think there's a lot of clear. That's choices. true. That is true. Um, but I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna make. Sh- oh no, I don't. Oh, gosh, this is hard. Um, okay, I'm going to go. Keep in mind you've got two. I know I do, but I'm going to go with Barry for best best uh, comedy. Ballsy choice. Um, and I'm going against my own, like, previous uh, Golden Globes prediction, actually. Like, uh, I, I previously have predicted uh, Mar- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to win in this category. But I'm thinking Barry... I, I'm thinking Barry has a shot, especially. It's also I'm balancing it out because, like, I have Brosnahan in case Maisel does repeat, but I've got Barry in case they go newbies. So that, that I'm I'm happy with my choice now. I went uh, I went with Barry initially, and then in the last kind of waning hours, which is usually a, a bad decision, I changed to Maisel. Um, right. I do think Barry's got a great shot. I think it's one of those shows that seemingly everybody who watches it just falls in love with it. Um, and I. It, hasn't suffered from being from airing earlier in the year like people are still talking about it they still remember it so. i mean i was genuinely shocked by how much i really liked it once i finished it like i liked it when i started watching it but like that the that last couple of episodes like takes it over the top yeah it's a tremendous show but we'll see it's uh there's still rumors of the kaminsky method being a uh golden globes oh my juggernaut God. So. If that, that happens i'm gonna lose my shit same here um and while I'm on, so, uh, oof. you know what, I'm going, I know you, you got, you got Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, so I'm going to take Julia Roberts for uh, Homecoming. All right, we're going to have a battle, that's fun. Yeah. Well, theoretically, we could battle ourselves. Well, I, I guess it doesn't make any sense to 
choose two in the same category. That that actually makes no sense. No. Unless you want to double, you know. Yeah. If you're really it. split and you don't feel confident anywhere else and you think it is two people, then maybe. But with this few picks, it is going to be a little challenging. Okay. So what's your next one? All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, my Killing Eve hunch, and I'm going to say that that's going to win drama series. Interesting. That is a bold pick, sir. I've heard, and and the interesting thing so far to me about <laughs> about reading the predictions this year, like reading everybody else's choices, everybody almost has got a, a grotesque level of comfortability with mm-hmm. their choices for drama series. Like some people are like, it's Pose. Like obviously it's Pose. <laughs> and then other people are sitting there going, no, uh, no, 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 no. It's the Americans here. They're finally going to do it. And then other people are like, absolutely not. It's Homecoming. Like everybody seems pretty weirdly confident when I don't think they should be. I think this shows just how unpredictable the Globes can be as well as, you know, kind of the cases to be made around everybody. But Killing Eve to me feels like the, you know, the good-looking drama with all the critical and and public adoration. Like everybody wants that one to be a winner, and that's something that the Globes could get excited and get behind and be the first one to say this is the best show right? Uh, because the Emmys didn't do it. So um, so I, I think they're going to go that way. Again, Pose would make perfect sense to me, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Killing Eve. Uh, my fourth round pick uh, is going to be – Another Sharp Objects, I'm going to go Patricia Clarkson in Sharp oh. Objects uh, for Supporting Actress. That is that is interesting because that is very much against the, what the odd, you know, pe- odds are looking good for Alex Borstein, I think. But mm. it's a repeat, so. Well, she didn't win last year. She wasn't even nominated for the Globes. She won for the Emmys. Right. Um, and the Emmys and the Globes rarely agree. <laughs> That's so true. So I don't, I, I think Borstein would be a lock if we do go like the full Maisel route. Like if mm-hmm. it turns out that Maisel's going to have a good year again at the Globes. Right. But because it won tw- it won a bunch last year. Right. Um, and Borstein wasn't nominated. I don't think she's got necessarily the support that she needs to win it all this year. Whereas Patricia Clarkson is just a force. And she's in a lot of things that the Globes like. She was in House of Cards the last couple seasons. So mm-hmm. I think, I think I feel pretty good about Clarkson. But yeah. again, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's a good pick. So it's on to me now? Yep. All right, um, I'm going to hop on over to actor in a limited series slash TV movie, and I'm going to pick up my boy Hugh Grant. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I feel good about it, mostly because uh, I have heard anecdotally that he works the HFPA pretty hard, and he's you know he's got he's I think I think he I think it's looking good for him. He's won before as well. He's worked every angle pretty hard. Yeah, and also I really like a, a very English scandal, so it's I don't I don't feel bad about throwing some support at it. Uh, yeah, no, I I won't say more at the moment, but yes. <laughs> Have you watched it? Uh, I've seen the first one. Okay, it's very good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm going. Let's see. I've got. Okay. I'm going to go over to, for my, my, this is my fifth round? Yes. Okay. My fifth draft pick, uh, you, uh, uh, we're going to do this again. Uh, you, you're going with Killing Eve in TV series drama. I'm going to go Homecoming. Interesting. Um, I think, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think, I, I, I would not be shocked if I'm wrong about this, but um, I'm feeling, I feel, I feel like, I feel like my, my girl Julia will take it over the top. I mean, we're both hedging our bets on series uh, 
at this point where mm-hmm. like you've taken Julia Roberts and Homecoming, I've taken Sandro and Killing Eve. Um, I don't think either is <laughs> <laughs> favored more heavily at this point over the other. It's just kind of let's see what happens. But yep. uh, you got to go with your gut here. And yep. uh, that's that's pretty solid. Julia Roberts at the Globes is never a bad idea. Nope. All right. I've got two left. Yep. I'm going to go with my first one. Oh, God, I hate this. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Bill Hader uh, as an actor for Barry. It's not. It's a very smart idea. I don't. Again, that's that's another one I don't feel great about, just because the whole Kaminsky thing is throwing a wrench in all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got it's got comedy series. It's got Alan Arkin in supporting. It's got Douglas in actor. It's like it feels like it has to win something, and yet I just don't. I, I'm not picking it to win anything. I mean, here here would be here here's where I think Kaminsky method is interesting. I feel like the same kind of voter who would vote for Barry would probably also be into that show. Yeah. And I think that's that's a vote That's a good point. That's a vote splitter if ever there was one. All right, my last pick, uh, I'm gonna go against what I've what I've predicted online. Okay. Um and I, I still think Billy Porter is going to win this category. Jeez, really? I do. I think Billy Porter is going to win. But because most people are choosing Matthew Reese, I'm going to play the odds in this specific game and choose Matthew Reese. Okay. I also love Matthew Reese. So if he wins, I'm not going to be sad no matter what. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, that's going to be my last choice. Okay. I mean, showing some love for your boy, Matthew. I was going to be like, man, I feel like I'm only picking actors. And then I realized that we don't have any other. It's like, it's those are the the options are pick actors or pick one of three drama, uh, three uh, TV shows. Yeah, I've heard some calls. I mean, I think it's every year, but I've heard them already this year about broadening the the awards to directing and writing and TV, if not, you know, right. more of kind of the technical categories. Um, but the problem they're always going to run into at the Globes is it's ceremony first with them. Mm-hmm. It's it's the TV, it's the telecast. Right. And they're doing film and television. So if they add categories, it's going to already turn this thing into, like, it's going to be a bigger monstrosity than it already is, and right. they don't want that. So I, it, I get it, but tough. But it is interesting that they are adding a Lifetime Achievement Award for TV this year. Um, and no. it could not go to a more worthy recipient. I'm very excited for Carol Burnett. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, that's a great call. That's one where they've recognized that those honorary speeches have been the lifeblood of the show with Oprah, with Meryl Streep. Like, those kind of moments are, are great, and they're a perfect platform for those people to go up there and, and have their say, and, and they're performers usually, so they know how to do it. And um, uh, it's smart to recognize it that way. And again, yeah, you're a great, great first choice. Yeah. All right, so uh, my final pick. Um, I'm going to put my money where I put my tweet back in August, and I'm going to go with Jim Carrey for kidding. Um, so in the, over in the musical and comedy section. So that's I, – I basically declared back in August I think Jim Carrey is going to win uh, the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy. Um, I was very glad to see he got nominated. I don't feel as good about this now as I did then, just because I feel like Kidding wasn't quite the hit I think we were maybe expecting it to be. Yeah, it's um, been a bit soft. Yeah, but I think also, but I also think 
I actually don't know much about what how much uh, campaigning Jim Carrey did, but I don't think he needs to. Um, he's somebody who's always in the news these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's somebody that's well liked. He's somebody that at recent award shows has given good speeches and made a good show of himself. Um, but the other thing that I think is important to remember with Carrey and why I originally had him as my pick online mm-hmm. was uh, the Globes have a history of giving awards to Showtime comedy actors that a lot of other people are like, wait, what? I didn't expect to ever give David Duchovny an award for Californication. Did he? I didn't ever expect to give Matt LeBlanc an award for episodes, and they were like right out of the gate, big supporters of those guys. So, um, so you know, Showtime might have some, some sway in there. They might like their brand of comedy. They could pull something off. I'm just saying, Showtime, if I'm right about this, you guys owe me like... Uh, I don't know. What do they owe me? I don't know. At least send a bottle of wine or something. Yeah, bottle of wine. 100%. I called it. Gosh darn it. Um, so that brings us to uh, our film picks, our, to our tiebreaker film picks, I guess. Um, and, man, I'm sad. Uh, okay, so, so it's me? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to put my name here by A Star is Born winning Best Picture Drama. I think that's a great call. It's the second best guarantee of the night. First best guarantee, I think, is Shallow winning best original song. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, go it all you, buddy. Yeah, that one. That one's not even that. That one's not even a question. I really hope not. I mean, it's a good song. It's a great song. I mean, it's an okay song, honestly, but it's performed very well. Yes. Um, but I mean, like, if fucking Dumplin' wins, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, Black Panther would be pretty cool. It's a great. That's also a great song, the but Boy it's not Ray's song. No, and um, I haven't heard Requiem for a Private War by Annie Lennox for a Private War, but I just don't see that happening. So, I think it's probably down between Shallow and Black Panther, and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's got to be Shallow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun. I think it'd that... be great though if 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 <laughs> a Star Is Born won for Best Original Song. Uh, but it's it's already nominated for Best Picture in Drama instead of Best Picture Musical. Like, it it very consciously made yeah. the choice to campaign that way, which I think was smart, especially given the competition, but also to, you know, stake your claim. Um, but it would be pretty funny if it won original song and also won Best Picture Drama for what is absolutely a musical. Yeah. So. Did you read uh, our, our colleague Ann Thompson's piece about why it didn't compete? And- uh, I did when it came out, yeah. I, I for for those who didn't, I found this really interesting. Uh, Anne's argument, Anne's belief about why it wouldn't com- it didn't decided not to compete as a musical or comedy was based in the fact that uh, when The Martian won, uh, competed in best comedy musical, it won uh, at the Golden Globe. But a lot of people, but Anne feels that it affected the movie's chances at winning best drama at the Oscars or best film at the Oscars, like. Because it because it basically kind of took a weakened stance, it uh, showed it showed its belly and then it got stabbed. I mean, far be it from me to to, to question Anne's beliefs. I do think that the Martians win in that category was just so contentious because nobody really saw it as a comedy, mm-hmm. let alone a musical. It's very um, funny. It it is somewhat funny. I don't know if it's ever like structured. Matt Damon as sings a in it. Comedy, but. Uh, all of the criticism that it faced because of that certainly damaged what it was trying to do. And then on the other hand, as I always like to bring up, when HBO decided to put True Detective as a drama series instead of limited series and try to go for that win, 
as opposed to go for a win in what's perceived or what was perceived at the time to be a lesser category. It's a ballsy move. It's something where it's like, I'm taking the stance that this is that good and should be competing on that level. And they are recognizing that A Star is Born has a chance to win Best Picture, so they want it to compete with the serious contenders, and they want it to be taken seriously. Right. Uh, and I think it's going to pay off. Uh, I definitely agree with your pick. So Great. Well, uh, that concludes our draft. Uh, we will reveal, I'm sure we'll reveal the uh, results on, uh, on Twitter.com uh, at the very least. Uh, Sandwich bet? What? Sandwich bet? Yeah, sandwich bet. We've done a sandwich bet in a while. A shake on it. It has been shooken. Uh, you guys are all... You, you, you all j- heard the shake. You all heard the shake. Uh, you know, uh, you are witnesses. Uh, gentle podcast listener. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean, the globes aren't for everyone, but at the very least, uh, I think, you know, as you listen to this, hopefully we've just had a lovely evening uh, listening to Andy Sandberg and Sandra Oh bring the house down. Uh, ben is Ben is uh, reviewing the show, so you should be able to look for his review on IndieWire.com. I will be backstage, so you'll be able to see anything I picked up from the famous people after they get their trophies uh, on IndieWire.com as well. And there will be a lot of other stuff on IndieWire.com, including news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. Well, as, uh, as much as I want to continue our delightful pattern of closing the show, we yeah. do have to do our best thing next things. Well, no, I'm. Oh, that's right. Jeez, I just, I was like, what was wrong? Like we took a break. And yeah, we, we were, were. Yeah, this is what happens when we take two weeks off, guys. Got rusty. Got rusty. Yes, you were very correct, but it was at least accurate though, because I. Won, it was a good job. wrap up on the on the Golden Globes. It was a wonderful transition. Yes. I hate ruining. No, it's, no, it's too. it's good though. We should definitely do best thing next thing. Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Uh, the best thing I watched last week, uh, and something you'll hear plenty about over the course of the next like uh, three months. Uh, is You're the Worst. Uh, the final season of You're the Worst Yay. is getting set to debut on FXX this Wednesday, January 9th. I believe at 10.30. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great. It's been a great show. It's a show that that is able to embrace the romantic comedy genre uh, that, you know, it's based around it is a romantic comedy while subverting it very cleverly at the same time. Um, the opening episode, which I believe Liz will be discussing uh, on IndieWire.com in some regard next week, and we will not spoil on the podcast, is very much something that you should look at as a pointed framing device for the season, um, as well as just a really fun example of how well they're able to experiment, exper- experiment, experiment with uh, form, genre, uh, storytelling, etc. And they they really go for it in the final season, uh, so I'm excited. Have to you finished finish the whole season? I have not. I'm okay. I've done very well of spacing out my episodes um, and savoring. So um, they did give it all of us give all of it to critics, but we'll talk about that later. That's my best thing, Liz. What was the best thing you saw last week? Ah, God, um, this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna technically talk about something. I don't know. It's. Uh, I watched last night. I watched all of Surviving R. Kelly. Um, it was not easy viewing. Um, it was a pretty brutal experience. Uh, it is not a. It's not something where you want to feel good about the world. Uh, you tune. You tune in for six hours of women talking about how the system ignored them, while a man, com- you know, preyed on young underage girls. Uh, but it sure did leave an impression, and it's there's there's a there's a real simplicity of the way they execute 
these interviews and these revelations that doesn't overly sensationalize things. It just kind of was like, yeah, these women are talking very directly about what happened to them and what happened to them was awful. Um, so I'm not saying, I'm not going to recommend watching that for a good time. Instead, I will say I had a pretty fun time also last night watching um, the Titan Games on NBC, uh, which is um, the new reality show. It's a reality competition show, uh, or really more of a game show, uh, starring our close personal friend, The Rock, uh, who basically wanted to create American Gladiator, but all the challenges are basically just crazy CrossFit things. And it's pretty fun just in terms of like, you know, it's very, The Rock wants it to be really empowering, just be like, I want to find really cool individuals out there in the world. I want to like, you know, amateur athletes who just really wow us. And uh, also he has, I think there, there's this layer of how all of the challenges are meant to represent aspects of his life and his journey. And my favorite of which is there's this one part of one obstacle course where you have to make your own way to the top, which means you literally have to punch holes in a wall so that you can use those pun the, the, the holes that you make as footholds to climb up the wall. Wow. So you can have to make your own way to the top. Ben is just, Ben is enraptured. Ben is so excited to watch the show. I, I like the idea. I hate the metaphor. <laughs> I mean, it's watch it's American Gladiators, but with crazy CrossFit stuff. It's nice. Um, it's 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 certainly more heart it's certainly more heartwarming than <laughs> Surviving R. Kelly. Yeah, the Titan Games is on NBC. What's Surviving R. Kelly on? Uh, Lifetime. That's right. Okay. Yes. So Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is Black Monday on Showtime, which uh, Liz already likes and has seen, and I believe you all can watch right now on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the first episode's on YouTube, but it doesn't officially premiere until the Sunday or the upcoming Sunday, if you're listening mm -hmm. to this now. Um, but Don Cheadle, uh, Regina Hall, the great Regina Hall. Yes. Um, Love her. Who am I forgetting? The third guy. I mean, uh, Paul, Paul Shear? Well, Paul Shear, but uh, no. Oh, uh, Andrew Rannells. Andrew Rannells. Um, great cast, period setting. Um, definitely going for some sort of like Wolf of Wall Street vibe, according to the trailers, at least. The marketing is That's definitely there. selling it. Yeah, that, that way. is definitely there. Um, so we'll see. Like, you know, these, these kind of Showtime dramas can definitely go pretty nutso and go hard and go fast and disappear flame out before they're whatever fly too close to the sun whatever metaphor you want to use but it's a great foundation um and we've got you know obviously liz saying it's already good which is a pretty good tip off that it will be so uh, i'm excited to catch up well i feel like i feel like there are a couple of names you should we should mention in conjunction with that show no um one of which is it's, the pilot is directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Evan Goldberg, sure. who are proven quantities. Uh, they're they're great. Let's I I I would not bet any sort of reputation on okay. anything they just directed being like great. All right, didn't they direct Green Hornet? No, that was Michelle Gondry. Oh, you're right. Did they write Green Hornet? I think Rogan wrote, maybe was involved with the writing, but... All right. I got to check myself. I'll look at that. All right. Go go figure out the thing you think they did badly. Um, <laughs> but the other name that I feel like is not getting mentioned enough because a lot of, not a lot of people watched his previous work is uh, a fellow by the name of David Caspi, who's the uh, sh 
writer and create writer and I think creator of the show, um, who's previous who really had a cold hit on his hands with a uh, happy endings. That's a show that had so much charm. Uh, I just finished re- doing a kind of a binge of it while working on other stuff, and it it, it all it's one of the best casts of ensemble casts of recent memory, and. Uh, he bring and Casey Wilson has a small role in Black Monday, and Ken Marino, who was also on uh, Caspi's follow-up show, Marry Me, which did not work out, uh, but Ken Marino's back as well in Black Monday. And what's the thing you figured out that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg did? So their film works great. They directed This Is the End in the Interview, both right. tremendous films. Tiger Sweater. Uh, God, that Tiger Sweater. Um, their TV work started with Preacher. Which solid, I like. Solid. Yeah. Solid start. Not like mind-blowing but it was good it was fun yeah. um then they dipped with future man something i'm still very much unsold on um how much future man have you watched though I watched the whole first season I guess. okay you much. watched the whole first season it was too much that's a that is a lot um i think oh, maybe i missed the ending it doesn't matter anyway question that and now we've got black monday so hopefully this will put them back on the upswing future man is really the only dip that i saw but you know and they, they got to experiment future man, i don't think stuff. Well, they didn't write this, did they? They didn't write no, Black Monday. No, that's true. I mean, I don't I'm know. talking about them as directors, Liz. I'm talking about their visual aesthetic. That's fair. That is very fair. Um, but yes, the look of Future Man was okay. It, it wasn't striking enough, but it was fine. Yeah, Preacher was pretty solid. I like Preacher. I, I oh, I need to catch up on, on Preacher. Uh, someday. Anyway, yes. that's my pick. Good pick. And uh, as for me, uh. Oh, I'm I, I'm not totally sure about this, but I I'm going to give uh, Netflix's Sex Education a real chance. Heyo. Um, it's Asa Butterfield and Jillian Anderson uh, as a son and mother uh, who have a weird uh, a weird a, a weird relationship, uh, especially because Jillian Anderson plays a sex therapist, so. Sure, she's very, very open about sexual matters, which of course is something every teenage boy wants his mother to be. Yep. And that's I believe. And then basically, I think that he, I believe, the premise of the show is that he learns to apply her teachings and help his fellow students perform sexually. So it's gonna be a lot of porn, and I should be on board for that. Um, Julian Anderson and porn—that's pretty much all you need. That's pretty much all I need. But I'm I, I'm 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 weary, but I'm optimistic. I'm I'm reviewing it, so I'm gonna watch the whole thing. We'll see how it goes. Hey, the last time Gillian Anderson came on Netflix in an original series that was kind of porny. It was kind of porny, and it was great. It was mostly great. The first two seasons were phenomenal. I mean, and then it, the but fall it, it took a fall. Well, yes. I mean, it still suffered from that problem of casting. Well, and other yeah. roles, but they worked around it for the first two seasons pretty. They well. did. They did. They 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 figured out how to take and yeah. I told myself I was going to stop saying mean things about him. I'm not. <laughs> That's fair. It's in the Sunday per Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn, <clears throat> who I'm sure will have their own version of uh, Golden Globes analysis soon to come, uh, as well as what that means for the upcoming Oscars, and uh, of course. The great, the perfect, the favorite among favorites. Chris O'Fault's filmmaker toolkit podcast. 
God bless you, Chris, in this new year. Continue doing what you're doing. Yes. And let's let's shout out, by the way, for the fact that um, the wonderful Michael Schneider, who previously had been uh, with us here at IndieWire, is moving on to Variety. And so if you enjoyed his Turn It On podcast, you should go uh, seek it out there. Or I don't know exactly what his podcasting plans are in the future, but there's no way they keep that man from podcasting. So I'm sure there's something exciting in store for you guys uh, if you are fans of Mike, as you should be, because he's great. Yeah. Just keep on it. Yep. Uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And even better, you can follow Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E. Correct. Uh, Happy New Year. I hope it's treating you well so far. We will be back next week. And as always, keep watching television. 